Well, welcome to LifePoint today and the third part of our series, The Lost Art of Friendship. My name is Donnie Williams. I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks for being here at LifePoint. If you are here for the first time, I'd love to meet you after the service. Please come down front and say hello and tell me a little bit about how you got here today. If you're watching online today, thanks for doing that and sharing with us the next part of this series. Well, I'm going to take a guess that nobody used a map to get here today. Right? Everybody probably knew generally where to go, even if you're here for the first time. Maybe you put it in your GPS or you Googled it last night or this morning just to find out how to get there. But this is a pretty easy place to find. And, and I, I'm just going to assume nobody's here by accident, that you're not thinking like, wait a minute, I thought this was IHOP. You know, I, <laughs> you know you're at church, so you're here on purpose. You probably didn't need very m- many directions in order to get here. Y'all remember maps? Remember these? If you're like 15, you're like, what is that? A map? Like maps used to be on paper. You used to have to fold them out. And then like this, after I unfold this, it'll never go back, right? It'll never look like this again. So yesterday I thought, oh, this would be really cool to kind of do my introduction with the map. And I thought, where would you buy a map? Well, a gas station, so I go down to the BP station, and I walked in, and the guy could see I was looking around, I said, I, I'm gonna, I need something I bet you don't have. I need a map. And he's like, we actually have some. We sell like five a year. <laughs> so the way maps worked, if you remember, back when we used to use them, this is a, a North and South Carolina map, you, you uh, looked at the map, and you figured out where you wanted to go, and, and there were different routes. Now it's kind of boring with the GPS she just tells you how to go, you know, which road to go on. On a map, you could pick the spot where you wanted to go and you could look at all the different routes and all the different ways uh, to get there. And depending on the route you chose, it, it determined how long it took you or whether or not you got there at all. And the choices that you made on your route determined where you ended up. And in this series, The Lost Art of Friendship, we're doing this series because in our, our fast-paced, consumer-driven, social media frenzied world, I think that we have forgotten the influence that friendships can have in our life. And just like when we used to use maps, we would choose a direction and choose a route. When we choose our friends, we are choosing the direction of our life. We're choosing what direction we're going to go in. And ultimately, it's going to, that's the only place I have to tape this up. Sorry, drum guy. I won't see him anymore today. Well, maybe. Did not practice this. I'm sorry. There we go. Just so you can have a look at that as we're, as we're going through today. But just like just like the route you choose on the map determines where you end up, the friends you choose de- determine the very direction of your life. And they determine where you're going to end up. By, by the friends you choose, by the people you choose to do life with, you're, it will determine where you end up in life. We said it like this at the beginning of this series. My friends influence my future. And because of that, it's really important that we choose wisely. When it comes to friends, the people we allow to influence us, we are choosing a direction. 
I could hang out with your friends without you around for a little while, or you could do the same with mine. I could determine kind of where you're headed in life. I could hang out with your closest friends and, and see how they are financially and relationally and spiritually, and I could make a pretty good guess as to where you are. And you could do the same thing with my friends. Because it is our friends that determine where we're headed. Our friends are the route that we choose to get to a destination. And some of us, maybe you're here today thinking, I'm on the wrong road. <laughs> I'm really glad I'm here today. Because it's going to help me determine how to get back on the right road. Some of you are on the right road and your friends and the people you hang out with, you, it's making your life better. It's making you a better person. And the, the whole verse that we base this series on is found in the book of Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 where it says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, if, if you ever think, <laughs> it'd be funny, I guess if you did, well, Donnie's wise. He is such a wise person. I appreciate it if you think that. But if you do think that, and I do happen to put some words together that might sound wise, it, it's really not me doing that. It's the people that I've chosen to allow to influence me it's the other followers of Christ that have spoken words of wisdom into my life and helped me do that. I didn't just come up with it. And if you have any wisdom in you, you didn't just wake up and say, I'm going to be wise today. I'm going to be a wise person. You got that somewhere else from a variety of sources pouring into your life that made you wise. On the other hand, this verse says that a companion of fool suffers harm. All the dumb things I've ever done in life was because of the people I chose to do life with. And you might think, come on, this is like elementary stuff. This is kid stuff. I know how to make friends. Well, last week you heard us talk about this idea of relational poverty. We know what poverty is. Poverty is when you don't have enough income to meet the basic necessities of life. But relational poverty is when you don't have the relationships to really get you through life. Nobody to open up to, nobody to get advice from, nobody to gain wisdom from. And statistically speaking, a majority of you in this room don't have that. Some of you do. And you could probably do a better job than me of sharing about how that's influenced your life. But why is it that in our more connected culture than ever before, that we live in relational poverty? Well, there's a few reasons. One is uh, just the speed of life. This, we live in a really fast-paced world, a really fast-paced culture. And some of you are, you're, you're seeing that it's June, we're about halfway through June, a little bit more than that, and you're thinking, oh, vacation, and so I can what? Rest. But then what do you do? You go somewhere where you don't rest all week, and then you need a vacation from your vacation, and then it all starts over again until next summer. Or to the next time you think you're going to get a rest. It's just the speed of our life is so fast, it prohibits us from developing these deep, long-lasting, transparent relationships that's needed to help everyone get through life. Another reason that people are in relational poverty is because of it's modern conveniences. I read this article, it was really old, and when I quote from it, you'll understand why it's old. But it, it, it cited a few things that said, here's why 
people have less relationships today and less deep relationships than they did say 50 years ago. Because it's true, people do. Survey after survey shows people have less in-depth relationships, although they have more connections, less deep relationships that they would say, I have a, a strong friend or a strong group of friends. It cited that the attached garage was part of it. Because now, with an attached garage and a garage door opener, I don't have to even see my neighbor. I just push the garage door opener, look straight ahead, and it doesn't matter what's going on either side. I can just pull in, and I don't even have to talk to them. About three decades ago, housing design changed, and no longer were it was quick and, you know, how to build them cheap and many as possible. And so front porches kind of went away. And that's where everybody kind of talked as you're walking down the street. They're, they're on their front porch. They're on their front porch. People talked and built relationships. Well, now all the porches are in the back with high fences so your dog can't get out and people can't get in. <laughs> so that changes things. So our modern conveniences. And I, I remember the day, if you wanted to know who called you, you had to hit star six, nine. You remember that? You all remember that? I think, it, I think that's the right code. I'm not sure. But was that right? Star six, nine would say the last person that called you was. And some of you are like, what are you talking about? We, caller ID was like only very wealthy people could have caller ID, but you could figure it out. You, you, you didn't have caller ID to block somebody's call or to ignore it. You had to wait and then call back. There's a big challenge to our modern conveniences that I love, by the way that I enjoy, and I'm sure you do too, but it secludes us. When I was a kid, free time meant that I got to go outside and play with my friends. Today, free time means I get to sit on the couch and look at a screen and play a game by myself. See how it changes. And people are impoverished relationally. The rise of social media, as we've already talked about in this series, social media is meant to be a supplement for existing relationships or to make connections with people you haven't seen in a while. It's never meant to be, and it will never be able to replace face-to-face relationships. It can supplement them and help a lot, but it can also be very harmful if that's the basis of your relational environment. Another reason uh, for relational poverty is our rugged independence. We're taught from a very young age, be independent, be strong. You don't need anybody. You, you don't need anybody. You can succeed on your own. Do it by yourself. Be a self-made man, a self-made woman, which doesn't exist, by the way. Nobody's self-made. If they are self-made, they're lying. They say, well, I got all this because I did it all by myself. Somebody helped them along the way. And really successful people who say that, they're just not being honest with themselves. Independence is an enemy of deep and lasting relationships. We were designed to be dependent upon God and our way that we get to know God and grow in our relationship with God is to be dependent upon other people to help us out, to share life with. And that's totally opposite to the way many of us think. We think, well, I need to be independent. I need to show that I can do it on my own, that I don't need any help from anybody. Do you really believe that? You really believe total independence is the best. See, some of you, when you look at that map, you think, I've chosen the wrong friends. Or I don't even have one, so I'm just going in this direction where I'm all alone. And last week you heard 
our site pastor, Rob Perry, speak about how we all have one person missing from our life. Or we could have one person missing from our life that could change the direction of our life. So we're, we're one person away. If you're going in a direction that you don't want to go, perhaps there's, only, there's one person that could change that direction for you and, or have significant impact on it. And this week, I want to expand that out a little bit and talk about our group of friends, my, my community. And by community, I mean spiritual friends, friends who share our faith, who are also followers of Christ, where we can be open, we can let our guard down. And some of you have that. Some of you don't. Some of you are in the wrong one. So here, here's the driving thought for today if you're taking notes. One community could change the direction of my life. Because my community, my close group of friends, that, that's who determines and influences the direction of my life. So finding, finding a group of people to just hang out with, that's not hard. Meetup.com, just go there. You'll find a group of people to hang out with. Whether you like biking, canoeing, hunting, fishing, running, cooking, whatever. You put it in there, good and bad, and you'll find it. Just you can find people to hang out with, and you might even find some people and have some meaningful conversations, but I'm talking about a community of people that helps you along in your faith, a community of people that will accept you no matter what you've done or where you're headed or the mistakes that you made, a community of people to support and to challenge. That's community. Everybody needs that. I've been blessed throughout especially my life since getting to know Christ, which was a long time ago. I've been blessed with being surrounded by and pulled into communities that really help set the direction for my life. And as I thought about sharing that with you, I went through an old photo album and I found a picture of one of those communities I'd like you to see. So that's it. That's like, um, you just have to, I'll show you where I am in a minute if you don't find it. I don't know where that Louisville shirt came from. I think it was borrowed. I'm not a fan or anything. That's me in the Louisville shirt, by the way. So, so that's my, those are my friends. That's around 1990, eight, maybe 89, 90. But this group of people, this group of people are the people who, there's a guy in that group that said to me, the guy on the, on the bottom right in the blue shirt, first person in my life that ever said, would you like to study the Bible? First person that I said to the words to, how do I get in on this? Or I'm ready for this. Or I, I do want to take this step of faith. People, there's people in that group who taught me about God's word. My, my college pastor is in that group. And he's the person who first made me excited about opening God's word and reading it. And he's the first person who taught it in a relevant way that made me think, wow, this really means something. This really can work in my life. And that group of people became the, the people who allowed me to be me. Because when I first accepted Christ, I, I got to be honest, I was really rough around the edges. So, so you know, words and actions, it took, they followed, but it took a while. And these people were patient with me, and they, they cared about me, and they made sure that I had the spiritual direction that I needed. Also in that group was a really cute girl that I became friends with. Uh, go ahead and put the green dots up there so they can see where me and Cinda are. There you go. That's better. So you, you can listen to me and stop going, all right, do I, there's somebody else in there? We became great friends and then we started dating and then we got married. 
all from that group of people. Now I got every single person's attention saying, I want a group like that. How did you find that group? But these people made a big difference. Everybody needs a community like that. It wasn't long I was with these people until, you can take that down now so people stop staring at me at 22, whatever it was there. It wasn't long until when Cindy and I made a decision, it was time to move and moved 1,100 miles away from those people. And, And then we had this whole new group of friends that we started to really share our lives and our faith with. And, and at that point we hadn't had kids and we started having babies and the second one came along and it was a really scary birth and a lot of unknowns for just a few minutes. And, and I can remember my circle of friends, my close friends who really knew me and knew Cinda, they were huddled up in the waiting room praying. Because they knew us and they cared about us. Those two groups of friends, I I still have contact with many of the people in that picture, many of the people that we became friends with after we moved away from where we went to school. But everywhere that following God has taken me, I've made a conscious effort to say, we gotta be around some friends that are gonna help us in our faith. Not just people to have fun with, but people to help us take steps of faith. Those people changed the direction of my life, and you need that. And if you don't have that, you're missing out. I mean, now I I have the same type of people around me where I could tell them anything, almost any thought, any weakness, any issue, any bad attitude, I could share it and receive challenge receive affirmation, receive what I need to receive in order to continue to grow in my relationship with Christ. And that's why those relationships, those groups worked because we were centered on Christ. We weren't centered on a sport, although we played sports. We weren't centered on a hobby, although we had hobbies. We were centered on our relationship with Christ. And that was the direction of everybody in the group. And not that everybody was perfect, but that was the direction we all wanted to go in. That's the way God designed it. For, some, for people who follow Christ to get with other people who follow Christ and help each other through life. It, it, it's talked about in the book of Acts. A couple of verses in the New Testament book of Acts says, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their possessions and shared the money with those in need. A little bit later in the same book, it says, all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they had was not their own, so they shared everything they had. I mean, that sounds more than just like people getting together to hang out or to watch a movie, more than just a common interest. What made the church work so well in the first century were those types of relationships, it can, still, it, it can still work like that today. In fact, it has to work like that today. And I think our inability to develop those deep spiritual relationships with other followers of Christ is one of the biggest reasons why the church has such a credibility gap in our culture. Because Jesus' own words, he said this, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. One of the reasons, if I think back 10 or 12 years in my life, one of the reasons that I finally just stepped over the edge and said, I've got to be a part of starting something new was because I'd grown so tired of watching people who claim to follow Christ verbally 
but then treated each other horribly. Who said, oh, we're supposed to love each other, but then behind the scenes, uh, everything they did was contrary to loving somebody. And I remember saying, I am done with this. Can we create a group of people who truly let the world know that we're followers of Christ by the way we treat each other? You probably agree and say, I want that. I don't think anybody would say, nah, I don't need that. I'm okay. But so few people have it. See, it takes, here's a couple of things about, about that kind of community. It takes time to develop meaningful community. I must take the time to develop it. If I'm going to have that kind of community that I talked about, that we read about in Acts, I have to take the time to do it. Nothing in life that's worth anything doesn't require effort. And we live in a culture that says, if I do the minimum input, I want to get the maximum reward. So everybody financially, relationally, if we could just hit the lottery, I don't want to put in a lot of work, but I want to get a lot out. Have you ever said to yourself or anybody, I just don't have the time to do that. I've said that. I just, I wish I could do that. Oh, I wish my kids could get more involved, but we don't have the time. I wish I could really get in a group of people like that, but I just don't have the time. Here's something I figured out. And if you figure this out, this will change your life. Like if you don't get anything else out of today, you got to get this. There will never be more than 24 hours in a day. Today has 24 hours. Guess what? Tomorrow has 24 hours. You, You will never have more time than you have now. So if you say, I don't have the time to do that, what you're really saying is, I choose not to arrange my time in such a way that I can invest in that. Because you're not going to have more time. It's it's fixed. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. It's never going to change, ever. So our our decision is, what am I going to do with that time? And if I'm going to develop meaningful community, then that means I have to arrange my time differently. Another thing, you know, when we're thinking about it takes time, it, it, it takes time to get to know people. I mean, relationships are kind of, they're a little messy, right? Even, even people who say they follow Christ, I mean, it can get a little bit uh, tense at times. Uh, people can get angry with each other. Or you can say, well, I'm going to try a group out and I'm going to go find that community that I only talked about. And then you go to a group where the first time in, you know, somebody shares their life story. You know, and I, you know, when I say to somebody, well, how are you doing? And, you know, an hour later, I'm like, that's not really what I was going for there. It's just kind of like, how's the weather? That was just kind of a greeting, okay? I mean, there are people like that. The first time they'll share everything about their life and they're an open book. You know, not all personalities mix well. You may have tried a group or two and figured out, you know, this just didn't work. I don't like it. Well, then back up and try again. It takes time. So you have to take the time. And also, I must take a risk if I'm going to develop meaningful community. Because some, some, some people in this room are really quiet, and it's a big deal for you to share personal stuff, but you have to take the risk and do it. Every time I get with a new grow group, specifically a group of guys, and I start to share my story and we're like, you know, the direction that I used to be going in life and the direction I am now and some of the, the consequences and regrets and, and just things that happen. And I share that. And every time I do it, I get this little feeling inside like, well, this is a little risky. How are they going to receive me when I, when I really talk to them like in depth? 
but the benefits. And same happens to you, I'm sure, when you start to really open up and share your life. But the benefits of meaningful community far outweigh, far outweigh the risk of not being in one. See, God designed us. He designed us so we would have this vertical relationship with Him, but that vertical relationship is strengthened by our horizontal relationships. So you can't just go it alone. You can't be a monk. You can't do it. You can't just say, well, I'm going to follow Christ and that's all I need and I don't need anybody else. That's not a biblical way of thinking. All of the writers of the Bible saw this, our faith, as a community thing, not an individual thing. Not like, well, I've got my personal relationship with Christ. You've got yours. I'll see you on Sunday morning. <laughs> I got other stuff I do during the week. So I'll see you next Sunday. That, the, the writers of the New Testament didn't even, they couldn't even digest that mentally. Because to them, you could not separate the vertical relationship with God and the horizontal relationship with his church. One, one of Jesus' disciples, Peter, wrote in the New Testament, and this guy walked with Jesus. I mean, just imagine, he walked on the earth with Jesus side by side. And he still recognized the great need that we all had to have others. Because what, the way Peter worded it was, you need to be alert. You need to be careful. Because there's an evil one out there, the devil. And he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. So there is somebody after you looking to defeat you. If there's not, no, if not, there's not a person on the earth that, that dislikes you, there is evil after every single person in this room. And you do not have the ability to defeat it on your own. You need other people. And you're one community away from being with the people who could help you get through anything. Now, take a look at this, this YouTube video. Don't put it up yet. That, it's much longer. It shortened it down. Uh, you, can, uh, you can get online and just Google what you see there. But now stick with it. Uh, don't close your eyes. Just kind of stick with it. And I'll narrate a little bit as it goes. So let, let's play that video a little bit. This is, uh, this is Water Buffalo. And uh, this is, he's just out hanging around. Uh-oh, there's lions. And uh, so this is, oh, so he takes off. He's in trouble. He's by himself. And so the, the lion's running after him and they see, we're not going to catch him, but here's a little weak one. I'm going to get that one. And so, boom, look at that. It's, it's not the circle of life yet. Just hold on. Watch what happens. So those lions think, all right, we got one. He's down. It's, he's easy to catch. He's weak. And there they go. They're getting ready to think they're having lunch and thinking they've won. And then what they forget is... <laughs> Water buffaloes traveling packs in crowds. There's a herd of them. And they're like, well, if you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. So uh, lions, leave that little one alone. That's the benefit of community. Look at that. Like, come on, get out of the way. And the video goes on and the, the little buffalo lives, but they chase off those lions. And you've got a lion after you. Watch him go. See that? You got a lion after you. That's what Peter says. The devil is roaming around like a lion, seeking for whom he can devour. And without the, a community of people around you, he will devour you. But when you have a community of people that says, no, you're not going down. 
I'm going to help you. You're not going to let this addiction beat you. You're not going to let this bad decision destroy your marriage. You're not going to let indiscretion financially cause you to be destroyed financially. We are going to help you. And you, think you're, you may think you're on the end and you're going to be going without, but we're here as a community to help. Everybody needs that. And that's echoed over and over in Scripture again. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. There are three or even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. All right, here's why this is so important. Every person in this room is headed in a direction. Everybody, you're all in a direction. You're all going in some direction. It's either leading you to the life that God has for you, or you've made some decisions about people you're going to let determine your direction in life, and you're going in the wrong direction. But we're all headed in a direction. And the people we choose to draw in close to us and help us when we're down and allow us to share our joys with them and help us through any issue that comes in life, those people will help us get to where God really wants us to be. Those people will help us get through anything. So one community could change the direction of your life. Now, you might be thinking, are you saying you're, you can only hang out and be around other people who follow Christ? That, that sounds boring. What, what about people who don't know Christ? I'm not saying don't get around people and don't hang out with people who don't share your faith, but there's a wise way to do that. And there's a foolish way to do that. And we'll be talking more about that next week. So don't miss it. I can't wait to share that with you. But there's some immediate help. If you're thinking, I got to have that. Well, then you got to prioritize and make the time. You got to take a risk. And just immediate help is just go to findmygroup.com. Uh, right now, you could find a group this week to show up to. Right now. No problem. This week, find one. You may love it. You may think, well, I'm going to back up and try again. Just go to that website and get in one of those grow groups, and you can start to develop that community. And remember, it takes time and risk. Now, this fall, you got to stick around for this fall, okay? I know it's vacation season, so we can't start anything new. But this fall, man, you, you, you don't want to miss some of the new ways that you can be involved in opportunity. That's way more than going to a website and signing up for a group. It's a whole new way of thinking. And I can't wait to start sharing that with you as the summer goes on. Just in March, Pia Ferenkoff was found dead in her Michigan home. You may have seen this story. She was found, evidently she was a victim of a heart attack in her car, in her garage. She pulled in, closed the door, died in her car, and for five years, nobody knew. And only when the bank's auto draft ran out of money from her account did somebody go knocking on her door and figure out, well, something might be wrong. And they go in and they find this lady mummified, obviously by this point, in her car, in her garage. And nobody came looking for her. And they interviewed her neighbors and said, well, who was she? Well, what did you know about her? And they said, well, she really just kept to herself. She never came to any community function. She never was out on the street. She never said hello to anybody. And her death was tragic. Five years and nobody missed her. A lonely not life is not how we're designed to live. If your direction is not 
what it should be. And you know that. You, you've evaluated as I've been talking and either said, I want a community like that or I have it. Thank you for reminding me what a blessing it is. Wherever you are, you can take a step. I would love to talk to you more about that, how that community, a community can change your life, can make a difference. As we rediscover the art of making friends. Let's pray. God, thank you for this challenge that comes from your word about your desire for us to live in community with each other, to encourage each other. Father, may the words that we heard today encourage all of us to enjoy our our faith communities more or get in one if we're not. And God, may we leave here today knowing that the group of people we choose to be with determines the direction of our life. And may we choose wisely. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.